So we were, we were just coming off the Mishnah. We were discussing things that once you um, start, let's say, Malacha, let's say, um, Sharon Diyai, soaking, um, you know, or making ink, which they used to take like a block of, you know, a block of ink that was like a, a you know, a chalk and pour in water or things, you know, and, and many other things that we discussed in the Mishnah, Bishamah held that you could not do it partially before Shabbos. Um, you had to complete the malacha before Shabbos. And Beis Hillel, we said, said that as long as um, you got the process moving, you got the process started, that would be considered, um, then we would say that it's mutter, uh, even if the process is, is going to finish on Shabbos. So now we want to understand, technically, Mantana Nesinas Mayim Ladiyai, so who is the Tana that holds that just putting water in to ink is what's considered soaking? So the soaking issue that we have here seems like it's an issue of lush, of, of kneading, but it's really a mixing because we see we're not physically kneading here. So we want to know who is the Tana, even though you didn't actually knead the ink, that's considered shriyasan. That's considered the malacha, and it's like you you did the malacha. So I'm a rabbi Yosef, rabbi. That must be rabbi. Detanya, as we have a brisa, echa neisin is a kemach. So let's say they're going to bake together. So one person puts in the kemach, the flour. Echa neisin is a mayim. One person puts in the water. Ha'acharein chayiv divrei rabbi. Rabbi holds that the acharein, the person who put in the water, is going to be chayiv. Until you knead. So we see that it sounds like Rabbi holds that anytime you mix two items together um, for the baking process, that would be enough to be machai of you for the Malacha Shabbos of Lash. And you don't actually have to physically knead them together. And Rabbi Yossi seems to argue on that. So Abaya says, Vidilma, no, maybe there's no raya that that sheet is Rebbe Davka. Maybe the only time, maybe really Rebbe is going to hold by something like Diyoy, ink, where you, the whole malacha is to just pour water, and that's how you make the ink. There is no physical kneading. That, that, you would also be Mechayim Misham Lash. Maybe Adkan would come Rebbe Yesi that you need to do a physical kneading. Ela Bekemach the Bar Gibalhu. That's because the process calls for kneading. You have to knead it in order to make it into the dough. There's nothing to knead. Maybe Rabbi Yesi will actually agree that you'll be chayiv even without um, a physical kneading, since it doesn't require it. And therefore, it's no raya that it's shitas Rebbe. Maybe it's, it's Lediver HaKol. And according to everybody, if you'd pour water into the diyay, uh if you pour water into like this, this chalk paste to make the diyay, to make the ink, you'd be chayiv. So the Gemara says. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Is anybody else hearing it, Chaffee? Yes. I think you're moving again too close to the mic, though. Okay. You need me to go back? Sorry. Uh, no, I was able to hear it enough, but it kept going in and out. Okay, so the Gemara. Uh, okay. Okay, so the Gemara says loy salka daituch. That it's not. It doesn't make. It, it would not make sense to say that it's lodivrei kol. The Tanya, the Bryce says. We have another verse that says if one person puts in the um, the ash, one person puts in the water, that that is Rebbe Shita, meaning if you have ash and you put water in, then the person who uh, puts the water in is going to be Chayiv Misham Lash. Right? And we see Rebbe Yesi again holds you have to knead it. 
And afer, ash, is not something that would require kneading. Okay, you're mixing ash with water. You're making a mixture of of um, of, of of this of, of this. It's not something that should require kneading, and yet we see he holds kneading. So we see that it is subject to a machlekes Rebbe and uh, Rebbe Yisib Rebbe Yehuda. So Gemara says, no. Again, we're going to be daycha the raya. Dilma my afer. Maybe afer. When we say ash, it's really afar. The bar who We really mean dirt. Dirt is something that would require kneading, meaning that's how you make bricks. So you mix water with, with dirt, with mud. Okay, and it's not afer ash. It's afar with an ayin that's dirt. Frechte Gemara v'hatanya afer. How could you just change it? The Bryce says, v'hatanya afer. It's v'hatanya afer, v'hatanya afar, right? That there's afer and afar, and you can't interchange the two. Gemara says, no, midi tanya, and they are interchangeable. And therefore... When a brysa says afer, it could also mean afer. It's not, it's not medactic in the Lashon. And maybe it really is afer, dirt, which is a bar gibble. And that's the only time when something is a bar gibble, that's when basically holds you need, um, you need to be able to knead it in order to be high of Misham Lash. Versus Rebbe, um, uh, right, right, versus if it's something that like Diyai, which is not, does not require kneading at all, then everybody, even Rebbeisi, would agree you don't need um, kneading. And then Lemaisa, how we're ending, we're ending the sugi, we try to say that it's just Shitas Rebbe who holds you don't need kneading in order to be Chayav Misham Dash. And we come out saying that there's no Raya, maybe it could be Ladivri Hakol that you would not need uh, to do, you would not need to do kneading, okay, in order to be Chayav with Lush, with the pun. Okay, Tan Rabbanon. Paiskim Mayim Legina. You you would open um, water into a garden erev Shabbos and Chashecha, meaning so they used to have like a, a central irrigation stream throughout their field, and then based on which field needed water, they would dam it off. Right, they would put like a you know a stopper there. They would somehow seal it up, and when they determined that, and the water would run through the field, and when they determined that a certain field needed to be watered, they would just remove the the blockage or the stopper or the dam from, you know, that specific, the entrance to that specific field. So we're saying, you can remove the stopper to allow the water through to the garden, Erev Shabbos Im You, In other words, you do that one malacha right before Im right before it's Shabbos. And the garden can get watered the entire day. So, so that's one thing. You can put incense or spice that smells good under clothing, and it continue to um, uh, spice the clothing the entire day. You can put sulfur under the kalim, and it can sulfurize the whole Shabbos. Now, this was important. They used to, the sulfur, um, they used to use um, to make some sort of black ink to draw on the kalim. So the point is that you can start the process that turns it uh, into some sort of black ink. Um, you can do that before Shabbos. You can put an eye salve, agave, an eye in, so some sort of uh, you know, patch that would go um, on the eye and it would have medicine in it and the medicine would drip like a time-release capsule. It would drip throughout the Shabbos and it would uh, help heal your eye, or a bandage, similar type of idea. The bandage, again, had uh, time-releasing uh, healing capabilities. 
So it wasn't just a band-aid, but it was something that released medicine throughout Shabbos. Um, Misra pass, and it could heal the halachas kolim kulay, the entire Shabbos. Okay, so we see we listed um, one, two, three, four, five things here that you can start the process before Shabbos, and they can continue on Shabbos, even though these were things, malachas, that to do them lichachil on Shabbos would obviously be usr. Okay, but usr midaraisa. But yet, we're going to allow you to, um, we're going to start the process. Um... You cannot put wheat into a water mill, okay, mill that grinds uh, uh, through the water. That would have to be completed while it's still day. And Rashi says it's not just a water mill, but of course, if it's a water mill, then of course, that is the quietest of the three types of mill, which is a uh, hand mill and a mill that used to be done through a chamar, through a donkey. Um, you know, through an animal that, that did the work. So we see that it to to grind, okay, to use a mill to grind, um, that would be a problem. Uh, putting it in, in other words, the point is, Rechaim Shalmayim is something that happens automatically, right? So if it happens automatically, you would think, based on what we just said at the beginning of the Bible, that you should be okay. But that it's different. So we want to know, my time, why is the mill different? Amar Rabbah, We have another issue here, that it makes noise on Shabbos, and Rashi says it's it's a concern of something called avshamilsa, okay? Um, that even on Shabbos, even though you did something hetter, if it makes a lot of noise, that other people will then see it and will come to think that it's mutter to do such a thing lechachila on Shabbos. So then we we did not allow it, even though you did it, you started it before Shabbos. Um, like for instance, um, let's just say. Is Nagea, Avshamilsa is Nagea, let's say, uh, let's say you have a guy working in the house and um, you want the, the Kalim cleaned on Chavez. So, Mitzad you, she could wash the Kalim, or you could wash the Kalim in the sink. Um, if they prefer, put it in the dishwasher. Except that on Chavez, it's not going to be allowed because it's Avshamilsa. So, even though the Malacha was done, but if in Heter, since it's going to make noise while it's running, people can come into your house and see that it's running, it would be a problem. Rav Yosef says, Why don't you say that it has to do with Shvisa's Kalim? It's not because of Avshamilsa, because it makes noise. It's because your Kalim are, um, are working on Shabbos. So just to give a little introduction here, there's a separate issue. This is not because of an, of an Isser on you, meaning that you're, Isser that you're doing something. There's a separate Isser of Shvisa's Kalim. It's a Machlekes Tanayim, um, whether it's actually Machlikas whether Beis Hillel would agree to the Isser of Shvisa's Kalim or not, and we're going to see that here, or that there's one, so one Amira says everybody agrees to it, and one Amira says that it's a Machlikas Beis and Beis Hillel, whether there's a din of Shvisa's Kalim. Shvisa's Kalim means just like a person is not allowed to do Malach on Shabbos, so too their animal um, is not allowed not to do work for you, the animal is not allowed to do work on Shabbos. Um, you know, separate than, than something doing work for you, that's that's an Isser of Shvisas Kalim. So Amar of Yasef, Vilema Mar Mishum Shvisas Kalim, why are we saying that the issue of the mill is Avshamilsa? Why don't we say Mishum Shvisas Kalim, Ditanya, as the Bryce says, Vicholashar Marti Alechem Tisha Meru, the Rabbi Shvisas Kalim, that there's a special reboy that we say by Shabbos that um, your Kalim have to be Shavis. So Elamar of Yasef, okay. So the reason why this mill, it's not because of Avsha Mill, so it's Mishum Shvisas Kalim. The Hashta the Amrit the Beis Hill Isli Shvisas Kalim. So 
we have to have learned, remember this Brisa started, we're trying to figure out this Brisa and the reason for this Brisa. It had five things that you can start in motion before Shamas and one thing that you can't. So the five things we are now, based on how we, how, how we explain the Brisa, the five things that you can do, that would, that would mistama bishitas base Hillel. Because Beis Hillel was the, was the Mandamar in our Mishnah who held that you can start a Malacha before Shabbos even if it's going to continue on its own after Shabbos. So that would be like the first five cases of the Brisa. And then from the fact that we're saying the end of the Brisa is a din in Shvisas Kalim, the reason why you cannot put your Chitin into the Rechaim of Mayim is a Shvisas Kalim issue. It must be that it's within Shitas Beis Hillel, and it must be that Beis Hillel holds that Shvisas Kalim is a problem. Right, because the first part of the brisa has to be basil, so we're assuming the end of the brisa is also basil. And now that Rav Yosef said that it's in the 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 reason why uh, Rechaim of Mayim is going to be usher is because of Shvisas Kalim, so it must be the basil holds a Shvisas Kalim. Makes sense. So the hashda damer the basil is like Shvisas Kalim. So now that we're going to hold the basil holds of Shvisas Kalim, the brisa gufris umugmer my time asharu. So why did we allow the earlier things in the Brisa, Gafris and Mugmur? Must be, Mishim Delay Kavad Maisa. Must be because you're not doing anything on Shabbos. Okay, in other words, the Maisa happened before Shabbos, just like we said Basil she does in the Mishnah. Oynin Shal Pishtin. And what about Oynin Shal Pishtin, my time Masharu? Why did we allow that? Mishim Delay Kavad Maisa. Again, you're not doing a Maisa. Umeniach Naicha, Mitsudas Chayeva Oif. And you can put out the uh, traps for the animals and the birds, vidagim, oven maisa, my time asharu, okay. So why by the traps in our Mishnah, okay, why did we say that it was allowed? So the more answer is Hasam Nami Balechi Vikurkurai. That the issue there is not is not that you um, are using a, a trap that so there are two types of traps. There are traps that let's say you would, some sort of action would happen. Um, let's say if you want to use, like I remember I had like an old mouse trap in Israel where the mouse would run into the back of the trap and then it would tip and then the cover would close. So when it's a trap that activates something, then it's going to be a problem because then now you have a Shvisa's Kalim issue, right? So the Gemara is trying to understand why by all these things do I not have a Shvisa's Kalim issue? So you can only not have a Shvisa's Kalim if nothing happens on Shabbos. Okay, so I, I wasn't clear about that before. So if Again, Beis Hillel holds that if, if the malacha is, is done, is set in motion before Shabbos, and nothing changes on Shabbos, no mice is done on Shabbos, then you would be fine. That's how we learned him in the Mishnah. Over here, we're saying now the Beis Hillel holds a Shvisas Kalim. So how are we going to understand, um, right, Hashadam Beis Hillel, Shvisas Kalim, going back a few lines, Daraisa, Gafras, Umigmar, those are Kalim. Kalim are doing something. My time is Sharu. So we say, Mishim Delay Kavan Maisa because nothing's happening on Shabbos. Oyen Shal Pishtan, my time is Sharu, Mishim Delay Kavan Maisa. Nothing, again, you set everything into motion before Shabbos and you put the Pishtan into the oven and it bakes on its own. So n- there is no Maisa affected, there's no change on Shabbos with the Kalim and therefore we wouldn't have a Shvisas Kalim issue. Umeniach Naicha, Mitsudas Chayeva, Oifidogam, Dekavan Maisa, I, a traps, we assume that the way the traps worked. That in order for a trap to trap the animal, so the animal goes into the trap, and then something happens on Shabbos that triggers the trap. So we see there's a Misa. So how, according to Beis Hill, who we are saying would hold Shvisa's Kalim as a problem, how would we understand the case of the traps? My Tyrone Sharu. So my answer is Hasam Nami Belechi Vikurkurai. That we're talking about a hook or some sort of um, valved based trap. So they had like these traps, let's say for the fish. 
that it was kind of like a one-way. The fish's head would go in. It was like a cone-shaped trap. It would go through the cone, and it would be like a valve. Um, it would be like a valve that had to do with... Uh, it, would, it would be uh, like a valve where it's, it's one way. So again, if, imagine if a fish swims through a cone-shaped item from the, from the wide part to the narrow part. Once it gets its head through the narrow part, it can't get out again. So again, the kalim is not doing a misa here, the lake oven misa. Okay, so the, and again, that is in Rabbi Yisuf Shita, who learned this brisa is a din in Shvisa's kalim, and this brisa is Beis Hill. Except, we're now going to have to learn the other way. That Rav Hoshia Maravasi holds Mantana Shvisas Kelim Daraisa, that that's only Beishamaihi, Veloi Beis Hillel. So, like we explained to you, that it's Machlikis Amarayim, whether, whether Shvisas Kelim is um, universal, if everybody agrees to it, or whether it's Machlikis Beishamai Beis Hillel. So, Rav Yasef held it was universal, that, Shvisa, that even Beis Hillel holds a Shvisas Kelim. Rav Hoshia Maravasi holds that no, that Shvisas Kelim is only an Isser according to Beishamai, but according to Beis Hillel, it's going to be fine. So the base shamai bang kavan maisa bang deloy kavan maisa aser. So what we're saying is now, according to base shamai, whether you did, we know from the mission of base shamai holds it doesn't matter if a maisa is done or not. That base shamai holds that the whole malacha has to be completed before Shabbos, right? In other words, that's how there's, there's that's the base shamai in our mission held that even you know uh, putting ain't sharing diyev isamanu vekarshinim el kadeshi yishmi b'ayyan that the malacha has to be completed during the day. So it's going to be usher either way, whether the keli is doing a malacha on Shabbos or not, because he holds that the malacha has to be completed. He holds with two things. Number one, it has to be completed. Number two, that he holds that Shvisa's kelim is a problem. And Basil doesn't care. Basil, we don't care if, if your kelim did work on Shabbos. And therefore, what we're now saying is that, Beisham, that this brisa can't be Basil. Which will require a lot of rewriting because Beis Hillel, according to Ravasi, doesn't hold that Shvisa Zakalim is a problem. And we know that Brisa ended off saying that, Shvi, that uh, with a case of the Rechaim, that sounded like a case, like we explained, that was a case of Shvisa Zakalim. So, Elamai, how are we going to re- relearn this whole Brisa? Now that we say, according to Beis even though you didn't do a Maisa, it's going to be Aser Ihachi. Even though there was no action done on Shabbos, it's still Aser, meaning if you're doing a malacha that's set in motion before Shabbos, everything needs to be completed before Shabbos. Mugmar v'gafris maitam ha-shamar beishamai. So why in this brisa, again, we're saying this brisa is beishamai, there were the five things that you were allowed to set in motion before Shabbos, and one thing you were not. So why are you allowed to, if beishamai in Mishnah says you're not able to set things in motion, the malacha has to be done before. So the Gemara answers, hasam manacha ara that it's lying on the ground, and it's not in a kli. So again, this mugmar and gafras is not happening on a kli, it's happening right on the ground. You lit it before Shabbos, and um, you lit it before Shabbos, and now there's no shvises kelev issue. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with the fact that it continues to burn on Shabbos, because it's not using your kelev. Gigis v'ner v'kadeira v'shvud, so a barrel, and a candle, and a pot, and a, a shvud is a skewer, right? My time, Hashem Rabbi why would we allow any of these things? Meaning, how could you, let's say, for instance, allow, uh, you know, um, your beer to ferment inside your, 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 your barrel and a nera to continue burning and a kadeira to continue cooking on Shabbos and a shpud to continue cooking on Shabbos? Again, 
you even there's no we said that Beishamai holds there's our, our, we learn from our mission that Beishamai holds that even though you're not doing a Misa it's going to be Aser and we also learned that Beishamai holds Shvisa's Kedem as Aser when you put the two of them together it means that if your Kedem are are involved in a Malacha on Shabbos even though it's not doing a Misa it would be a problem so let's take the simplest example of a candle. If you lit a candle before Shabbos, that should be a problem because your candle holder, your candlesticks are now working for you on Shabbos, even though they're not doing a mice. So we said that according to Beishamai, that's going to be usher. It's on its own, right? So that would be a problem. So Gemara says, We have to say that you're mafkir them before Shabbos. Okay, and therefore, since you're mafkir it, Rashi says there's no, you're not Matsuva on the Shvisas Kalim. So we don't have a problem. Um, it, it's not a malacha active malacha issue that the kalim are working for you. It's an issue that your malach that your kalim are doing malacha, and if you're mafker them, then your kalim aren't doing malacha. And then that's that's how you can, for instance, light a candle and keep it burning on Shabbos. I, so that means I can be mafker my shpud even though it's sitting in the middle of my chicken. A cor- right, a cor- yeah, and you're asking this why the Vatarabadam just said you could be mafker your kalim. <laughs> For, for to use them on Pesach when you're going to be u- using them. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so we see. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, uh, I mean, you're mafker the kalim, and therefore you, it's, not, it's no longer, remember, Shisa's kalim is on you. You have a chiv to have your kalim rest. If you're mafker them, then um, there's no longer a problem of Shisa's kalim. Okay. So Mantana, now we want to know who is the Tana, Lahadatana Rabbanon, Leisamali Isha Kedera Asasis. That a woman should not fill up a pot with beans. That she should not put them into the oven um, Friday, right, right before Shabbos. And if she does it, then that a matzei Shabbos she's going to be usher to eat from this pot of beans from the chont until she waits long enough. Because Yasu is long enough that it could have made, been made from scratch on its own. So let's say this bean mixture would take two hours to cook. So she, Matzei Shabbos, she would not be able to eat it until two hours after Shabbos is over. That a baker can't fill a pitcher with water and put it into the Tanner of Shabbos put it into the oven Friday as it's, it's turning into Shabbos. If the baker did this, then it's going to be usher in however much time it would take to boil up water. Let's say that this is Shittas Beishamai, meaning Shittas Beishamai who holds that Shvisas Kalim even with no action would be a problem. Because if it's not a problem, why should you have to wait B'Kadesh Yasu? B'Kadesh Yasu is kind of like a penalty, saying you did something wrong, and since you did something wrong, therefore we're not going to let you benefit from it right after Shabbos. You have to wait for the amount of time it would have taken to do it B'Ifen Heter. So the Gemara says, no. That's a different reason there. The different reason there is G'Zer Hashem Okay, that's not an issue of Shvisas Kalim, that those two examples are a case of Shem Yechata, which is going to la- launch us into the Shem Yechata B'Gacholim. Okay, so what that means is that in those days they had coals under the, under the um, oven, and our concern is, or uh, right, under the Kira or the Tanner, they had coals under it, and what you would do is you would stoke the, the fire to, to get it hotter. So for these two things, you wanted your beans to cook quicker or you wanted your water to boil quicker to get the fire uh, uh to burn hotter you might it would be normal where you take a stoke right a poker and you would uh stoke 
you would stoke, you, you would start to move around the coals and they would burn brighter and it would, it would speed up the cooking process. So the concern is that the reason why Beis Hillel held that you should not have, um, you should not have uh, put these things in the flame before Shabbos is because there's an issue of Shemi Yechata, you might come to stoke the coals on Shabbos. So Frek the Gemara, really, Beis Hillel holds that, that that's a concern. So by Mugmar, by making spice and sulfur, we said that Beis Hillel would hold that it's okay. He should also be geyser. Meaning, those are things that are dependent on fire. And if any time there's a fire or a flame, the concern is that you might come to stoke the flame. So that those should also be have a gezerah that you should have to wait after Shabbos. You shouldn't be allowed to use it right after Shabbos. You should have to wait the amount of time yasu. Okay? So the Gemara answers, Hasam loy michti lahu. You're not going to stoke the flames. Di salak kutra. Because those things because those things require um, the smoke will, will go out. The kashiluhu and it's bad for it. So therefore, stoking is not good for the incense and the sulfur. And therefore, we're not concerned um, that you might come to stoke it. Also, unun shalpishtan, bundles of flax, nami ligzer hasam. So just like we said, again, these are things we had in our Mishnah. We said that you can, basal holds, you can put unun shalpishtan into a tanner. Why? You might, we might, shouldn't we be concerned that you're going to stoke the flames? So the Gemara says, keeping the kashala zika, since wind, meaning in order to stoke the flames, you'd have to open it up a little. And since the wind is bad for these unun shalpishtin, they need to be in a sealed environment. You're not going to uncover it to, you're not going to uncover the um, oven to stoke the flames. So what about the wool into the, uh, into the pot, which in the Mishnah we said Basil is going to hold it's okay. So if you're saying Basil holds of Shemichata, what about that? So Amr Shmuel, B'yayra Akura. We're talking about a pot that's removed from the fire. And if it's removed from the fire, then we're no longer concerned why you wouldn't be stoking the flames. It's no longer under the flames. So if you're not going to stoke the fire anymore, then it's not going to be a problem. Frek the Gemara, but we still should have another problem. Maybe you'll stir the pot. So yeah, it's still very, very hot. And stirring it is still going to be, it's still going to cause it to cook. You're not allowed to stir a pot that is hot enough to cook. So the Gemara says, Akura vetucha. Akura means it's removed from the fire, like we said. It's not only removed from the fire, but it's also tucha sealed. Okay, now this is going to be very nagea for us. So um, if, it's, if it's removed from the fire and it's sealed, then you have no way to stir it because it's sealed. And if it's removed from the fire, you're not going to stoke the flames. So there's nothing to be concerned about. And that is how we said Semer Luyera is allowed according to Beis Hillel. So now that we learn that there's an issue of if you have a raw food, raw, let's say, so let's say it's very negative. Let's say um, you, you forget to put up the chont in the morning Friday. So you put it up, um, let's say it's three o'clock in the afternoon and Shabbos is at, uh, you know, five o'clock. You know, so what should you do? If it's very raw, so if it's not cooked at all, so you can put your chont on right before Shabbos, betanura, into the oven, my timer, since there's no way that this chont is going to be ready to eat Friday night, you'll remove your das from it, 
you're not, since it's, there's no way, meaning what's the gezerah of Shem Yechata that you might come to stoke the flames to speed up the process of cooking. But if you put your chant on the fire at uh, five, you know, at 4.58 when Shabbos is five o'clock, no matter how much you stoke that flame, it's never going to be ready to eat Friday night. And therefore, you're going to eat your Friday night suda, you're going to go to sleep, and you're not going to bother to mess with it. And therefore, it's this very negative that if, let's say, you don't put up your chant in the morning and you forget or you get busy, you should wait. Don't put it up at three in the afternoon. You should wait to put it up right before Shabbos. Or, or if it's already fully cooked, then it's for sure okay. Okay? Um, if, you, uh, if you bought your chant fully cooked from Mosey, then you could put it on the flame right before Shabbos because it's fully cooked. Again, you're not going to stoke the flame if you, you don't want it to burn any hotter. You want it to be on the low setting. Otherwise, it's going to burn it. Okay? Now, but when's it a problem? If it's partially somewhat cooked, usher. So that, then it's going to be a problem with Shemichate because if the difference between it being ready to eat tonight and not ready to eat is how hot it burns, low, low setting or high setting, so then that's going to be usher because then we have a concern of Shemichate. However, there is still a way to deal with this. Vishada, let's say you by mistake, you made, a, you made a mistake, and at 3 o'clock, Shabbos is 5 o'clock, you put your chant on the flame, and it started to cook a little. So we say, what should you do? Vishada, begarma chaya shaper dummy. You throw on a piece of raw meat, then it's fine, because again, the meat's not going to cook until the next day, and there's no, no amount of shemayichate is going to make the difference in whether it cooks or not. Therefore, that would be fine. Now, the hashta the Amar Mar Komidi the Kashile Zika. Now that we learned from the um, from the Unin Shalpishtan, from the bundles of flax on the flame, then anything that if the wind, meaning uncovering it, um, is going to ruin it, like Migli Le, you're not going to uncover it. Hi Bistrid the Gadya, so the meat of a Gdi, of a kid of a kid goat. Visharik, so the meat of a kid goat is very sensitive towards uh, temperature. Um, and therefore, you have to be very careful not to overcook it. Visharik, so if you, let's say you're, you're making, um, you know, a baby, baby goat meat. Visharik, and you seal the pot, shopper dummy, you're going to be fine. So again, what we're saying is you have two reasons not to be concerned of Shem Yichata. Number one, this is, Bistra the Gadya, you generally don't want it to burn hotter because it'll ruin the meat. And the pot is sealed, so we're not concerned that you're going to uh, stir it. Dibarcha, if it's, if it's a, uh, a older uh, a ram, an older goat, it's a ram. Viloy Sharik, and it's unsealed. Okay, so again, this, I'm sorry, this is not, the, the Sharik here is not for stirring. The Sharik here is also for Shami Yichata. So what we're saying is, just to go back, if if the if your your the what you're cooking is doesn't is sensitive to heat, so it's buster the gadra and the uh, it's not accessible easily accessible to stoke the flames. Then you have two we have two reasons to say we're not going to be concerned. Debar chavaloi sharek aser if it is of the older meat, so it's less sensitive to flames and it's not sealed. Valoi sharek the tanner is not sealed, so it's accessible to do to to do chitoy to to stoke the flames. Then it's going to be usher because we have two reasons. Uh, we have two. We have two possible uh, entry points for you to make a mistake. Degadya veloisarik, and what about the in between? So we have two in betweens. Either it's degadya veloisarik. Either it's a sensitive meat, but it is uh, not sealed. The tanner is not sealed, so it's accessible to stoke. But on the, on one end, it's accessible to stoke. On the other hand, the meat itself is sensitive towards 
the champ- temperature, so you wouldn't necessarily want to. Or on the flip side, the barcha, it's the older meat, visharik, but the, uh, the tanner is sealed, so it's not easily accessible to stoke it. Then it's going to be a machlekes. Ravashi, shari, rab yirmi yami difti, aser. Ravashi holds it's going to be mutter to um, set it up like that before Shabbos, that we're not going to be concerned shem yichata, because as long as you have one, um, one reason to not be concerned about Shem Yechate, it'll be fine. Rav Yirmiyahu holds that no, it has to be airtight, it has to be completely locked down. According to Rav Ashi, that holds that if you have one positive reason to say we're not concerned with Shem Yechate and one negative reason, that'll be mutter. Vatanan, we say, ain't soylent basar, you can't roast basar batzel, is onions, abeya, and eggs. The process has to be completely roasted during the day, I, why is that true? What should be the problem be? We said that you can do it. He holds that it's going to be mutter. So the more answer is, Hasam Okay, because again, we're talking about that it is, um, the one that's usher is the, we, we, everybody agreed that there was one that was usher, that if it was a adult uh, meat that was not sensitive towards uh, temperature change and it is uncovered. Everybody agreed that was going to be also That's the one that the Bryce is talking about. But if it has any of the half measures, okay, that Rav Ashi would hold that it's going to be mutter. And, um, and Rav Yermia held it was going to be usher unless it was, it was, um, Degadya Visharek. If it was a, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 um, kid goat meat, which is much more sensitive and it was sealed. So that's one way of learning this machlekes. Ikeda amri, or there's another lashon is the gadya bein b'sharik that if it's of the kid meat, it's so sensitive it doesn't matter bein sharik bein loy sharik shaper. I mean everyone's going to agree that we're not concerned about shami yichata whether it the the tanner is sealed or not. Debarcha nami v'sharik shapir dummy. If it is the older meat, the the ram's meat, and it is sealed, again, we're also not going to be concerned. Kipligi, the only time we actually argue is debarcha v'loy sharik, is if it's completely open. If it's the older meat and it is not um, sealed. So there we, again, we have two reasons. So everyone's going to agree that if you have one reason if you took care of one of the concerns, then we would not be concerned with Shemichata. It's only a machlekes. What happens if you have both reasons? Number one, it's the older meat, which is less sensitive towards temperature change, and it is not covered at all. That the 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 oven is not covered, so it's easy. It's easy to just reach over and stoke the flames. So there, the Ravashi Shari, then that that is subject to machlekes. According to Ravashi, that holds that even if you have no measures in place. It's going to be mutter. Um, we say like that same that it has to be completed before the day. And now there's no outs because we were going in the case where there's no measures. So how are we going to understand that? So Hasam the Gemara answers Bibisma Agmure. That brisa is talking about meat that is roasted. It's bar. It's you. You're barbecuing it. Okay, and therefore number one, it's not in a tanner. And number two, since it's not in a tanner, it's wide open. It's not just like, at least the tanner is covered by the oven, right? Now you just, you have access to stoke the flame. This is wide open. So it's really easy to reach over and do something. And it is normal when you cook it, how do you barbecue something? You're constantly turning the meat over. You do it on one side, you turn it over to the other side. So since it's within the normal course of cooking, that's where even Rav Ashi is going to hold that um, it's going to be Aser. Amaravina. Ravina says, Hi, Krochaya. 
that if you have raw gourd, shopper dummy, it's fine. You can, in other words, put it in the oven before Shabbos. Keep in the kashle zika since the wind, right, or air is difficult for it. It'll mess up the cooking process, kibis or the gadi and you won't come to uncover the oven in order to stoke the flame. Beishamai, we said in the Mishnah, we said that there was machlekes beishamai beisol whether you can sell something to a guy before Shabbos. The concern is, um, we said right beishamai holds ein meichin vein tayin ein imay vein magbiin alav that you can't sell something to a guy. You can't um, load uh, you know load it onto his animal or load him up with a backpack because it looks like you're having the guy do your shlichus on Shabbos. Tan rabbanu beishamai emulo yikar dem chafetzer lenachri. You can't sell your stuff to a nachri to a guy. You may not lend him. Now, Rashi explains this two lotion of Yashil is lend, and Yalvenu is also lend. One, She'ela is something that he's going to return. So he borrows your pen, he's going to return your pen. Yalvenu is something where you lend him, um, you know, a bottle of ketchup, he's going to use it, and then he's going to pay you back a bottle of ketchup. So that, that's just the difference in the two lendings. You can't give the guy something as a matana. Again, our concern, our concern here is that these are things that were, you know, that it was demonstrated that they belong to you, the Yid, and now the guy is going to be carrying them on Shabbos. It looks like he's doing your shlichus. You have to leave the guy enough time where he can reach, that's Beishamah holds, where he can reach his house. That he doesn't actually have to reach his house, but rather he just has to be able to reach the city walls. Okay, he has to get to the first house of the city, and even if he lives a twenty right, like Malay Dumim, he lives a twenty-minute walk or twenty-minute drive inside the city. So he just have to give the guy. He just has to be able to get it to the entranceway of the city. Rabbi Kiva, Amer. That the only amount of time he all you have the only amount of time you have to leave the guy is enough time for him to leave your house, which is not very long at all. Now, by the way, Rabbi Akiva, there's a machlekes amaraim here. The way the Tanakama learned Beis Hillel, it was that you have to be able the guy has to be able to reach his city, and the way Rabbi Akiva that it wasn't Rabbi Akiva Shita's own that Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Akiva. The Rabbi Kiva was going in Beis Hillel. And Rabbi Kiva holds that Beis Hillel Shita was not that you have to get all the way to the um, Goy city, that the Goy has to be able to reach his city. All he held was that he has, that, that, and that's how Rabbi Kiva learned to Machlechus between Beis and Beis Hillel. So Beishamai Beishil, again, there's two different ways to learn it. According to the Tanakama, Beishamai holds that you can't sell something to a guy unless he's going to have enough time to get to his own house. And Beishil will hold that no, as long as he can get to his city, we don't care if he has enough time to get to his house. And this um, Rabiesi learns the Machlekes, Beishamai holds he has enough time to get to his house. And Beishil holds, uh, like Rabkiva explained, that he just has to be able to, um, uh, he just has to be able to, um, uh, exit the house of the Jew. Now, just three more lines here. You cannot sell your chametz to a nachri to a guy. That again, even though you sold it to the guy, um, it's still your responsibility to make sure that it can be finished before Pesach. So you can't sell him, you know, six months worth of uh, oil or, or whatever bread, six months worth of bread right before Pesach. You can only sell him the amount that would, would be normally consumed before Pesach. 
that any time it's mutter to eat it, you can sell it. So it doesn't matter how much of a stash you're selling. And that's how we paskin, obviously. We sell our chametz right before. Um, Rabbi Yehuda Eimer, kuta chabavli, with the exception of kuta chabavli was a, a, the, the Iraqi dip they had, v'cholmine kutach, and any of these dips, because they were made, the dips were made with bits of bread, and um, those could last, um, obviously Rabbi Yehuda is going to hold like Beishamai, those could last um, a very, very long time. The dips could last for 30 days, so therefore it was Asr to sell 30 days before Pesach, because Rabbi Yehuda goes like Shittis Beishamai. Um, 